Hey everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. Today we're talking about telling new stories with a little help from the 2019 remake of Pet Cemetery. Okay, all right, guys, guys, hi. I'm going to tell you something. Earlier today, I took some time to sit outside. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was warm, but not too hot. There was a gentle breeze ruffling the leaves. As I glanced out from my perch, a row of tall palm trees was swaying lazily. Birds were singing, no doubt engaged in whatever weird sex stuff birds do this time of year that causes them to start chirping outside my bedroom window at 5 a.m. every day. Yeah, good morning, assholes. Shut up. I went to the store, and I wandered past spring displays resplendent in pastels, adorable bunnies eyeing me playfully or condescendingly. Who can say? And I just inhaled deeply, you know, really breathed it all in and thought, this is just terrible. It's awful. This is the antithesis of everything that I find appealing. So take my hand, take my hand, hold it tightly, because the good news is we're going to make it through this. We've already made it to April, and that means we're halfway back around the wheel to October, and soon everything everything will be back the way that it's supposed to be. Whew. Okay, fine. All right. I'm like 90% kidding. Although I do look terrible in pastels. What? I'm not a spring. Shut up. But yeah, we're definitely coming out of our winter slumber. I know I am. I'll say for the first time in a long time, we had what felt like a real winter in Los Angeles. I realize our standards are different than most other places, but it got pretty cold. It rained a lot rain which we desperately needed and I really felt the impulse to kind of draw in hibernate a little bit incubate but I'm coming out of that now and I hope you're feeling some of that too if you're feeling ready to clear some of the cobwebs and inject some new life back into your life I'm there with you of course that's a natural place to be this time of year the lengthening days are telling us to wake up so if you've been asleep like I have these past few months well I hope you are dreaming good dreams new dreams and I want to hear all about them um since we haven't really had a chance to talk since the end of the holidays I think it's a good time to address some old business, right? Old business. Let's clear the decks, do a little spring cleaning together, and hopefully plant some seeds, okay? I want to talk about disappointment. I feel like looking back, every year has kind of a theme that maybe only becomes clear when you're on the other side of it. And I feel like one of the themes I was working with last year was disappointment. Not in the sense that everything was terrible and I was wallowing in misery with a sense of fiendish glee, but there was a very real sense of certain things not working out the way that I would have liked. Um, And feeling like my life was taking unexpected, I won't I won't even say detours, but maybe entirely new routes despite my best efforts to keep my hands firmly on the wheel. It's kind of like when you put what you think is a pretty straightforward destination into ways, right? Then before you know it, you're making all these crazy left-hand turns and having to cross busy streets where there aren't traffic signals. And you're like, what the hell is this? I just asked for the quickest route to the nearest Red Lobster. I wanted my Cheddar Bay, but not like this. Not like this. That's how I was feeling. Was I even going to end up where I wanted to go when I started out? 
who knows? But you know what? Sometimes when we can acknowledge disappointment, speak it out loud, we can kind of look at it and say, okay, that sucks. Now what? But still, that's not always easy. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. I just need to get this off my chest. Yes, really, I'm talking about things with higher stakes. Maybe. Are there things with higher stakes? We'll see. But I have to say, one of the things on my list of disappointments last year was the new Halloween movie. I'm going to take a breath and just sit with that for a second. It feels so good to say that to you. That's been a hard thing for me to admit, especially since I was here for it. Remember back in October when all things seemed possible, right? We had Daniel on the show and we were both so excited. It all seemed so right, so meant to be. Like things were lining up. We were all getting another shot at something that had gone dormant for a while. Maybe we had Jamie Lee back, John Carpenter consulting and composing the score. The mass looked right. The trailer was great. Then there I was on opening night, just crawling out of my skin with anticipation. And from that opening scene with the podcasters and the asylum, Michael and Chains, like, I don't know, Perseus, some kind of superhero. The other inmates started hooting and hollering, getting all fired up. Like there was a championship wrestler about to enter the ring. I don't know. I was just like, nope, nope, no, this is wrong. It's wrong. This all feels wrong. And it didn't get any better. Now, I'm not interested in dissecting the movie or having a fanboy meltdown over the specifics. And believe me, I take absolutely no zero pleasure in this being my experience or reaction. I'm a champion of these characters, these stories, and these artists who have all meant so much to me. I don't go into the theater with my arms crossed daring the movie to dazzle me. I'm an easy mark. I had stars in my eyes when the thing was announced, but as the movie wore on, that creeping sense of dread just continued to billow through me. And the worst part was I just felt empty. I know that sounds dramatic, but I felt empty. And left to wonder, how can watching a legit new Halloween movie with Laurie Strode confronting Michael Myers seem so rote, so uninspired, so much like an echo of the past that now just makes me sad? No sign of the vitality, the magic, the potential that it once held. And this was something that was so close to me, so important, that I almost didn't want to give voice to it. It was just too disappointing to admit. And I have to say, I keep having this reaction. (laughs) Alien Covenant, it actually made me sad. That's the only word I can come up with. I wish I could give you something better, but sad. Seeing that once fearsome, terrifying xenomorph, the alien reduced to a video game, A cartoon leaping around the exterior of a spacecraft in some kind of garish CGI nightmare. Nope. No. Alien. No. Not you. No. Man, oh man, did it bum me out. And believe me, I'm not suggesting I have all the answers. This is just about my experience, my reaction. Not me trying to say, well, here's what I would do if I ever got a chance to play in that Halloween sandbox. I'd get it right, and I can tell you that. No, 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 no. I think maybe at this point, you kind of can't get it right. Maybe you're a weekend at Bernie's, that's hard to say, weekend at Bernie's easing. Bernie'sing it? Bernie'sing it, right? Maybe you're dancing around with a dead body going, oh, mm, doesn't he look great? He's totally still alive. And everyone else is like, lady, that body has been cold since 1998. Give it a rest. Okay, let me ask you. Are you old enough to have gone to a high school reunion? I mean, that skin. How old are you? 28? 48? Who can say? 
ageless. But I'm asking because my experience with this cycle of remakes, reboots, shared universes, requels, whatever we want to call them, that we're in is making me feel like I'm going to my high school reunion. It all sounds kind of fun. Oh my God, let's get together and reminisce. Let's hang out with people we haven't seen in a long time and see where they ended up. What could go wrong? Let me, let me, should we, should we try a Saved by the Bell type fantasy sequence? All right, let's do it. I'm in if you're in. Wow, I can't believe we're back here. It seems like so much time has passed and also no time at all in addition to other cliches. Well, the place looks great. Wow, they had a budget. They really went all out with the decorations. Oh man, this song was my jam. You know, I heard a lot of our old teachers wanted to come. Oh, that's so nice. But Stacy told me that a few of them were even on the planning committee and they just ended up running off with some of the money and never even attended a meeting. Oh. Look at this, everyone's here. It's the Blair Witch. Oh, Alien, even Star Wars. I think they got lost though. They weren't in our class, right? No. Hi. Yeah, it's me, David. I know, I'm sorry, I don't. Let me just look at your name. Halloween, hi, I'm so embarrassed. I just didn't even recognize you. How have you been? Have you tried the shrimp? It's crazy good. Fresh. Fresh. Anyway, um, I'm so happy to see you. You know, this is kind of embarrassing. I never got the chance to tell you this, but I have really fond memories of our time together. You were there for me when I needed you, and you really inspired me, and you... Tell me about you. You were voted most likely to succeed. What have you been up to? Nine kids. Whoa. Well, I guess we did go to a Catholic school. They weren't thing on the birth control. Oh, man, calm down. Oh, man, jail time, huh? Sorry to hear that. How'd you get out? A man in black? That just, <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, divorced. Three times? Well, yeah, what can I say? It doesn't always work out. Jamie? Yeah, she's, she's here. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could... I, guess I could see how that might sound like a good idea, but I don't know. I don't know if she's single. Another drink? No. No, I think I think you've gone back enough. You're starting to embarrass yourself. Tell you what, though. It was great seeing you, but I'm going to go and say hi to Friday the 13th before I miss my chance. I heard they've been having some legal trouble. Cool. Cool. You too. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. That was rough. Reunions can be rough. But you know what? I don't always learn my lesson. Sometimes I'm able to recover quickly and I pivot around totally ready to do it all again. What's that piece of conventional wisdom about the definition of insanity? Hmm, don't remember. So here we are at Pet Cemetery 2019. I don't know why Pet Cemetery seems to have so much to say to us, but it keeps making its presence known, which... I guess makes sense considering it's about things that won't stay dead. Uh, I gotta give it to you. You're consistent. You go, Pet Cemetery. Live your truth. But really, I'm kind of surprised because historically, Pet Cemetery hasn't been one of my go-tos, one of my things. The original movie was just fine. It was fine, but it wasn't something I loved at the time that I went back to a lot. 
I guess I'm more on team book. And I've read it a few times, but it's still not something I feel like I've always referenced and held super, super close. But as some of you may remember, Pet Cemetery was really speaking to me last year, and we spent some time with it on our third episode. So I'll tell you, I let myself get excited for the remake. Why not? It's a good story. It resonates. A lot of people have responded to it and have fond memories of it. People love that depiction of Zelda, Nightmare Fuel, sure, sure, got it. And this one, again, wasn't super close to me, so I didn't have a lot wrapped up in it. So I was like, sure, that sounds good. Let's sit down and reconnect with an old friend. The movie just came out, as this is going out to you, so I'd love to know what you thought about it. As for my thoughts, I mean, I'll try to control myself, but this thing kind of writes itself. It's hard to not be knocked over by the irony of a movie that fails to heed its own warning that sometimes dead is better. This is going to get a little spoilery here, so if you haven't seen it and you want to maybe hit pause and come back, go ahead and do that. Okay, let's get into it. So this isn't about the change to swap out Gage and Ellie, a change that most of us were aware of before the movie came out. That's fine. I get it. I get the rationale behind that decision, but you know, at its heart, Pet Cemetery isn't a zombie movie. It isn't a slasher movie. Whenever I revisit the book, I'm reminded that, not unlike The Shining, right, it's about Lewis unraveling. It's about grief. It's about what happens when we can't acknowledge things, and the danger of clinging too tightly, and yes, it's about death. But the true horror in the story, all that business with reanimated Gage that we remember as driving most of the story, that's almost incidental. It's like the last 75 pages of the book at most. What makes the book so affecting is the tragedy of it. That epilogue with Lewis returning to the pet cemetery yet again, because like a lot of us, he just doesn't quite get it. He can't give it up. So the remake was shocking to me. I feel like Pet Cemetery has been so influential that it has almost become a parody of itself, right? I think it has informed so many things. Its DNA has been spliced into so many other stories that the original source is just too familiar, maybe. And you know, after however many seasons of The Walking Dead and whatever else, we've seen a lot, as horror fans, we've seen a lot of grisly violence and undead children at this point. It's hard to shock if all you've got in your arsenal is shock. A zombified Ellie Creed is almost quaint at this point. Cute. And some of the real dread-soaked moments, the unrelenting call of the burial ground, that unnerving walk, the descent, the burial ground itself, they're all gone in this new take as far as I'm concerned. When we finally get to the sour ground beyond the pet cemetery, it's inexplicably a CGI swamp. Gone are the eerie concentric circles of burial pyres echoed in the symmetry of the pet cemetery. Gone is the requirement that you must bury your own, the ritual, the requirement that it's something you do alone. All of that subtlety and strangeness that tickles something familiar in a weird primitive part of your brain. Mm. And the part that's hardest to wrap your head around is the fact that the movie (laughs) misses the point entirely. As the credits rolled, I could almost feel the arrow that the movie was launching go whizzing past my head, arc way, 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 way around the bullseye where it ended up who knows where, probably Atlanta somewhere. You can almost hear what those development meanings must have sounded like. Oh yeah, 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 zombie daughter, that's messed up. 
it's not going to be the sun that dies. Holy shit, that's going to blow their dicks off. But you know what's better than one zombie? Three zombies. Yes. Yes, three zombies. What if, what if, what if, wait, hang on. What if the daughter comes back as a monster and turns her whole family into monsters? Wouldn't that be rad if we totally undid everything about the story that works? Okay, sorry. I'm getting kind of fired up. And I want to tread lightly and respectfully here, believe it or not, because being cynical, being overly critical, that's so easy. And this is not about diminishing anyone's work. I think that what is so challenging and difficult for me to deal with here is that I'm confronting what happens when a story, a passion, a driving force that once held so much power for me, held such influence, but also so much joy for me, kind of falls flat. When something that once seemed so exciting just doesn't have the same impact that it once did. Where I used to go for inspiration, it's now just kind of like, oh, right, (laughs) sup. You know, as he so often did. I think Wes Craven said it best. Remember that scene in Wes Craven's New Nightmare when he's talking about the role that storytellers play and how the good ones can truly catch lightning in a bottle, can really capture the essence of something. The line from the movie is, it can be captured sometimes by storytellers of all things. Every so often, they imagine a story good enough to sort of catch its essence, and then for a while, it's held prisoner in the story. But the problem comes when the story dies. And that can happen in a lot of ways. It can get too familiar to people, or somebody waters it down to make it an easier sell. Maybe it's just so upsetting to society that it's banned outright. However it happens, when the story dies, the evil is set free. So I'm going to ask you a question. Is there a story in your life? A story that you've been telling for a long time, maybe one that you've gone back to again and again, that maybe now it's looking a little worse for wear and it doesn't have the same draw. An old dream, maybe. Something that used to be a North Star of sorts that maybe when you look at it now, you kind of shrug and say, eh, that can be hard to admit. Believe me, I get it. Maybe you've invested a lot of time and energy in it. Maybe you thought that if you got it, it would make you happy. Now, none of that devalues the role that these stories, these dreams, or even literally these movies have played. They've inspired you. They've showed you what's possible. They coaxed you forward with enthusiasm to say, I want to do that. But now maybe it feels like, hmm, maybe the story's musty, too familiar, and the essence, the energy has decided to jet and it's on the hunt for a new vessel, a new adventure, a new story can try on for size. Now, if you prefer to look at this strictly in the context of movies, that works too. There are exciting things happening, right? There are artists doing inspiring work. Maybe you're one of them. We're so lucky. We have Jordan Peele, we have Ari Aster, we have Robert Eggers, on and on and on. All filmmakers and artists who've clearly been inspired by the things we all love, who have learned from the masters, and who are doing really, really interesting original work, telling new stories. So really to put it simply, That's what I'm taking from my experience with these reboots and remakes, kind of sort of requels. Maybe what this really boils down to is being ready for new stories. And isn't that exciting? Let's listen to a cover. Here's a little something from Mike Peralta. Under the arc of the weather-stained boats, ancient goblins and warlords. Come out the ground, not making a sound. Smell of death is all around. In the night when the cold wind blows, no one cares, nobody knows. 
Follow Victor to the sacred place This ain't a dream I can't escape Molars and fangs, the clicking of bones Spirits moaning among the tombstones And the night when the moon is bright Someone cries, something ain't right I don't wanna be buried in a pet cemetery Don't do live my life again it's time to ask the oracle let's draw a card from our deck and see what the gatekeepers of story have to say to us we have pulled self-parody self-parody a little bit on the nose oracle but all right thanks we'll take it the image on the card is freddy krueger we'll always take that too from freddy's dead the final nightmare in that ridiculous scene where freddy becomes the wicked witch of the west flying on a broomstick and the text on the card reads stop right there you're in danger of reverting to old familiar patterns and becoming a caricature of yourself honor your ultimate potential you are so much more than this Take charge and liberate yourself from this cycle, lest you fade into obscurity and alienate your once enthusiastic supporters who have grown weary of your shtick. Damn. Harsh but fair, Horacle. So what are these old trusted friends, these sources of inspiration, what are they stepping forward to say? Maybe they're gently encouraging us to ask ourselves, where do I want to go now? Maybe where I've been has absolutely served its purpose. And that doesn't mean I've outgrown it or surpassed it somehow. Only that I'm being called somewhere fresh and exciting. New destinations. There are new stories to tell, right? And the good news is the old ones are and will remain lifelong friends cheering us on. Showing us what's possible if we keep moving forward. So let's dream some new dreams together. Bye. This show is an Unreliable Narrator production. For more information, visit unreliablenarrator.org.